This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Good morning. Today we're going to talk about a, a term or a thought, an impression, and I think so many times it... Uh, can be so weakly interpreted and hopefully we can uh, share it with help with the Holy Spirit to spark to I would say at this point influence your 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 life in fact I even had um, this weekend uh, actually through this week and this weekend I had a couple different experiences I'll share that really helped me see uh, the divine power and what it needs to how it needs to work through us because see we're going to go through events in this life, and, and they're going to, we're going to have spaces of darkness that come into our, um, into our relationships, into our workplaces. There's going to be a volatile moments. Um, just this week, I had a, um, a, a, a person who was um, repairing a piece of my equipment, and uh, things just went south on, on the, that part of it, and it cost way, way more than what was expected. And what I've learned to do is is, uh, I mean, my first thing is just like all of you is that, you know, that, that's frustrating because this isn't what we agreed upon or whatever. But I, I went over there and this is a brother in the Lord. And that means more to me than any dollar. And so right away I go, well, I, can, we, you know, can we explain? And he thought through that space of questioning that I was being one of those people that was just gonna really try to take him and really uh, hold him to some contract or just rip him off. And it went really um, south in conversation. And I, what I did is I went, you know, I, I texted him. I go, I was just trying to seek to understand. And what was so cool through that hardship is I had no idea what his week was. And that he had one of the hardest weeks of his, in fact, he was ready to change his whole career. And he was going to be me on top. It was going to be me being part of that career choice because of the frustration that had happened in the space of his work environment. And instead of that happening, it became, I could be Christ. I could be a brother in Christ, but I couldn't do this inside of my own nature. In my, inside of my own nature was I'm going, these are zeros that I don't want to spend. In my human nature, this isn't what I want to do. But in the divine nature, this is what I'm trying to tell you in 2 Peter chapter 1. It says, this is done by divine. This isn't humanly done. And so many of us today are trying to socially or we're trying to mentally ascend to a higher space with God. That's just religion. Any religion can do that. But this is not talking about religion. And then I'm going to talk to you uh, today about what I had just a couple days ago, another experience. And it came out of a frustration. This experience is that we um, were renting to somebody and they're 30 minutes late. I'm already, on, I'm already upset, I'm already frustrated. And in the space of the time, then I, then I look at the six young men that, and they got probably, I don't know, I mean, cases and cases of beer. And, I'm, and, then, I'm, and, I'm going, and then I find out that they don't have any experience 
Everything inside of me, and, I, and before they even showed up with the beer, and before they even, even showed up on site, my spirit, listen, you need to listen to your spirit. My spirit says, no, this is not gonna happen today, okay? We're not renting today. We're not, this is not happening. And then my flesh goes, I'm gonna get a bad review. I mean, some of you think about that, and we're gonna talk about that today, because some of you are so worried about being liked on social media that you won't listen to what the Spirit of God is telling you to do in that moment. You won't do it. You would rather be liked or worry about being liked in the social media circle than you are speaking truth in the space of your life. And so I'm wrestling with this. And, um, and so what happens is my wife and I, we're at the dock, we're waiting, and here they come. And I went, well, everything that my spirit was saying uh, it's not happening. We have two choices. We're going to go put the boat back on the trailer, call it a day, or I'm going to captain them for the next four hours. So I'm, I'm stuck in the boat. My wife gets to go bye-bye. I'm not happy with her because she's connecting. So I'm stuck in this boat with these six guys that all they want to do is drink. And they got, they're offering me beer and they're offering me pizza. And I'm not ready to talk about who I am yet. Because I know that that's coming. We're not far enough away from the dock yet, if you might honest with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we got to get that distance before we can do turnaround. All right. And so what happens is, is we, I go, they want to go swimming. These guys don't even know how to swim. I landed up saving one of the guy's life. Diving in, saving his life. This has been an experience, all right? So I dive in, and what I realize is that here's these six brothers. They had gone to college together. They were comrades, but not one of them, when they saw their buddy drowning, jumped in. I'm the only guy that jumps in to go over there because that's what God does. That's divine versus humanly made. The human side of their life goes, hey, I'm not gonna risk my life for my brother. And this is what I want to share with you. What is God doing inside of your life that would save somebody in your workplace? That would save someone who's drowning in sorrow, drowning in life, drowning in darkness. People are drowning all week long, but yet most of us will not jump into their life because our own life is already, my life, let me tell you something, it's pretty crazy. But it, let me say, God can work his divine plan. So what happens is after we save this young man's life, and everybody's, you know, of course, they, now they're really thankful for me being the captain of the, you know, the stupid ship, is what we could call it, right? And, and so now we have a ride back, and I'm looking at the time, and I'm like, to be honest with you, I can't wait for this hour to be over. And I, on the time, God starts working to me, starts talking about Jesus. And I started sharing. I had no idea. I said, you know what, you young men? I says, where's your faith? Well, we really don't have a faith. We don't go to, I says, well, What's your background? He says, well, every one of us went to Catholic school. I says, you all went to Catholic school? He says, you got religion beat into you, man. I says, but you don't have a relationship at all. I get it. I says, but the reason, I says, I'm in this space right now at 59 years old and I won't retire is because of you guys. And they looked at me, I go, because your generation doesn't give a rip about the church. 
I says, we need to get them back in the house of God. Not a house of rules and regulations, but a house of praise, a house of worship, a house of place where we have true brother. The Bible says that as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're supposed to have so much love to each other, more that the world looks like and go, I want some of that. I'm missing that in my life. That's what we're supposed to have. In fact, when the Bible says that we're supposed to add this godliness, it says add godliness to brotherly affection, brotherly kindness. Would you please turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Again, verse 3. By his divine power. This is not humanly made. This isn't because of some do-good idea. This isn't some kind of church stigmatized thing. Well, this is just the, the thing that church people should do. This is God working inside of you that you don't see any other course. I am moved by his spirit. I am led by his spirit. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. Moral excellence with knowledge. Knowledge with self-control. Self-control with patient endurance. Patient endurance with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and effective you will be in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting what they have been cleansed from from their old sins. And as I was doing a study for this, I was saying, Lord, I need to, I want to have a, I want to have an understanding from your word, an example in the Bible. And I, I don't know about you, when I, in fact, you've probably noticed by now, I, I try to teach um, doctrine or, or steps of understanding of who God is. And I, and I'll use history in the Bible to do so. And then possibly my own, because that's how we're supposed to, that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to look at history and he wants to create new history with you. That's what God's wanting to do in life. And so in this space of thought, I went, Lord, who is it? And God goes, David and Nathan. And we're going to talk about, there's literally three spaces, big spaces, monumental moments where Nathan and David have this relationship. David had such a relationship. Now, David's a little older than Nathan. Nathan is a prophet. And David has a love for God. We all, yeah, he has a heart for God. Did you know that, everyone, that David's sons worked in the priestly ministry? David wanted God. Now, whether his sons wanted it or not, David's sons all operated in the priestly ministry. So David had this heart. He also was a king, but he had a passion to be working the priesthood. Most of us, we have to understand this. Gentlemen, June 6th, we're going to have a Sunday night service and I'm going to be doing a teaching. Hopefully you can all attend, but I'm going to teach you guys how to live as kings, but also as priests in your home, that you need to lead in the space. I know that's not culturally correct today, 
But we need to lead from God's word how to lead in our own lives. We need to have, and leading means having some divine plan. Nehemiah, we're going to go through Nehemiah real shortly, but Nehemiah was a man who sought God, heard God's voice, and how to lead, and it was culturally not accepted. Man, is that the space where we live today. Nehemiah is a great teaching. In fact, June 6th, Sunday night, Jonathan already talked about it's going to be great food. Well, there's going to be great food in the spirit too, Amen. So in David, working with Nathan, three spaces. Here's this prophet. And David is so touched by Nathan the prophet that him and Bathsheba name one of their children Nathan. So Nathan has had such an impact on his life. Now, all of you that are older, like myself, younger people can have an impact on your life. Nathan was younger than David, and yet Nathan spoke into David's life. The first time we find it is that David's heart wants to build a temple. And we find this in 2 Samuel, and, uh, and then we find it in 1 Chronicles. And he wants to build this temple for God. God. Here's David with this beautiful castle. And then he's sitting there looking at it and said, looking at God, he's got a tent. And David's convicted. He said, I want to build a space for God. And then and Nathan and David have such a relationship, and they probably come out of a prayer moment, probably out of a praise moment, and, and they're just having this great time with God. Nathan just goes, do whatever you're going to do, David. you got the heart of God. And, you know, and David's ready to start getting busy with it. And that night, God speaks to Nathan. And he says, don't let that happen. That's not going to happen. David is not. I will let his son do it. But he is not to build. So the Nathan has to come back in the space of David's life and says, look, I know that I, we've already had this great moment in the spirit. We had this great moment in God. And I know that your heart wanted to build this, this temple for God, but you can't do it. God says, you're the next generation, your son can do it. That's the first time we see it. And the second time we see it is when David has lost his space of righteous thinking, has a moment with Bathsheba, an adulterous moment with Bathsheba, tries to hide it, hide his sin with his adultery, and then he kills her husband, and then hiding all of, that, all of the murder and everything else, and then Nathan comes in and has to give this story. And I love it when, this is what I love about God. Sometimes, you know, God, God a lot of us, like, I'm, I'm more prophetically motivated too. Sometimes I'm too direct, I, I thought I was going to get an amen right there. I just really thought I was, thank you, thank you for not giving it to me. But anyway, so I, <laughs> but anyway, um, sometimes I'm too direct. And here's Nathan, who's a prophet, who usually gets direct to the point. And instead of doing that, God goes, he goes, tells him a story about this rich man who's got everything. And then all of a sudden, he takes this servant's last little lamb. And then David, with a righteous anger inside, he goes, I'm going to make things right. And he says, we're talking about you, David. You had everything, and yet you had to take this man's wife. You had everything. And then David is broken. Let me tell you some true friends. Brotherhood, sisterhood speaks the truth in people's lives. Speaks the truth. In, the Bible says, speak the truth in love. It does not say find love, and then maybe truth can find its path. It says speak the truth and love. And then the third time we find it is at the end of David's life. Now, David and Nathan have had a relationship all along. 
They're brothers in Christ. But at the very end of it, we find that we're all of a sudden, we're, there's a coup. Adonijah, which is one of David's sons, is literally going to go over there and tries to take kingship. He's the oldest living you know, uh, son at the time. He wants to take the, be the next king. And so he tries to set a coup up. And Solomon's supposed to be the guy. We all know that, right? Well, what you didn't probably know is Adonijah tries to take it on to himself. And isn't it interesting when Ananijah looks for all the people to support his actions, guess who he doesn't look for? Nathan. See, you know who your friends are. You know things that are spiritually bonded. When you got relationships that are birthed in the spirit, I love what Paul said in 2 Corinthians. He says, from this time forward, I don't know you in the flesh, but I know you in the spirit. There's just not enough of this in the church today that we would know each other in spirit more than we would know each other carnally. I mean, I know that uh, last, last week we had uh, um, some visitors that, uh, from out of town again, and they, I was their junior high pastor. And uh, anyway, they knew me because of my crazy boat driving. And I would pull them tubing or pull them water skiing, and they got, they got all kinds of crazy memories that I punished them with, with great enjoyment. But anyway, so they, they could tell stories about that. You know what I was really hoping to hear? What they learned in Jesus. Because I would try to tire them out so I could talk about Jesus. Amen? But the point of it is that, that that didn't happen. And it convicted me. I want people to know me in spirit, not in flesh. And sometimes I'm trying to connect so much in the flesh, whether it be a guy in a truck or, 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 or maybe it's somebody, in, I don't know anything about hunting, but I've heard enough hunting stories I can connect with guys through hunting because I know that guys are motivated by honor. And if I can just list, list ladies, are you listening? All right, I know that guys are motivated by honor. And so if I can just get in the space of what they really like to do and what is their, maybe their hobby or their thought, I can literally get down some of those walls because everyone has got walls and build up walls. So if I can, with the honor, I can take down some of those walls. Now we can talk about Christ. Like I did with those six men in that boat. It's time that Jesus be the one that be expressed. That's what we're talking about here. By his divine power. I'm, I'm gonna live on this planet earth for what? Maybe 80, 90 years if Jesus tarries. I'm gonna live there forever. And I would pray that these 80 and 90 years would be the, the, the space of intersections with those I'm going to live forever with. I would pray that those six men, if I, I hope and pray that some of them, because of the conversation, the seed that was sown in that boat, would come in that the Holy Spirit could bring another person in their path and that would water that seed. And somewhere there would be a space, and they got my phone number, they got a space where they could come to know Christ. That's what I had hoped, that there would be an intersection, that life wouldn't have been about a rental agreement or a Saturday afternoon driving a boat or saving, jumping in the water, but it'd be about Christ. And that Jesus and I could have this space together and that we would be eternal brothers in heaven. We may never even have another intersection on this earth, but we would be eternal brothers in heaven because the time was spent that God had us intersect in the course of our time. You got those intersections at work, in your neighborhood, at the gas station. You have those intersections, in, hopefully, in your 
church family. So I have uh, some notes I really want to share with you guys to help you kind of break down what, what is brotherly kindness or expression of it really look like. Number one, brotherly kindness is an expression of his kindness through us. It's not your kindness, it's his kindness that expresses through us. Romans 12 verse 10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor high, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. 1 Peter 1, 22 in the NIV says it this way. Now that you have purified yourself by obeying the truth, that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from your heart. Do you have that with one another? And you say, well, Pastor Ron, I don't. I really don't have that many connections. In fact, I've kind of been disconnected for a while. That, then there's a purpose for you to be here today. This isn't, this isn't Pastor Ron trying to get the church to gather together so that our numbers can be up. This is God's word showing you what heaven looks like. And this is God's heavenly plan. And there's just too many times where we're just trying to make our ways into his ways. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll just share with you what I'm doing right now. My wife and I just started a new um, Right Now Media teaching. It's, on, it's called Shane Wood. Shane Wood, is the, he's a professor at Ozark Bible College. He don't sound like any professor I've ever heard. He's so real and, and he's breaking the book of Revelation down into such a way, he goes, and the first thing he said, and I, I've only got through a couple sessions. The first thing he says, context. Stop taking the book of Revelation out of context. He said, he goes, so you go, what do you mean, pastor? And this is the 30-minute teaching, guys, but it'll get you talking forever. He says, the first thing you're going to get out of the book of Revelation is this. He says, you're supposed to be blessed. It's the only book in the Bible that says, understand book of Revelation and you're, say it with me, blessed. And yet it's the most confused, the most disorientated book in the whole Bible for people. And people think it's only, he goes, here, this is the second teaching. He goes, get rid of your assumptions. You read the book and you're already assumed that it's only about the end. He goes, what if, what if God had more to say than just the end? So anyway, I, Shane Wood, look it up. Do some devotional time. Right Now Media. If you guys don't have downloaded Right Now Media, your pastor, figure this, I don't have a really big shoe, it's eight and a half, but get a picture, get an imagination of my foot in your backside. <laughs> okay? Because I want you to download Right Now Media. It's absolutely free. Go to our website, Resources. And then go through the questionnaire. And then after that, you're going, to go to your web, you're going to go to your own email. And then you're going to download this thing. And you're going to have a free resource that actually is even touching our marriage. It will touch your relationships. 
It's got messages on men. It's got messages on women. It's got messages on youth. It's got, I know Pastor Jenna's talking about 24-7. John, I'm, we're talking about it 24-7 because I believe that God has a word that he's going to do and awaken his church, the church, not just this church, the church, and he's using you version. He's using right now media in this space. Yes, there's darkness that's going rapidly, but yes, there's also a light, and there's also a grace that God has. And if you don't get acquainted with the grace... Hosea 4, 6, the first passage I learned after I got saved, memorized it. When I went to Christian school, I didn't want to memorize scripture because I was forced to do it. Then all of a sudden I got saved and I go, I want to do it. Hosea 4, 6, my people, how many of you are his people? Perish because you lack knowledge. Let not that be said of life change family. That we don't sit there and people the people that perish because we lack the knowledge because there's so much knowledge of understanding of what God wants for our life. And right now, media is just, I mean, just literally every day you can have it in your living room. Best teachers, best Bibles, best thing in your own living room. God wants to do a work in this day. Amen? Number two, brotherly kindness gives you power to respond differently to your brothers and sisters. In James 4.11, brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment of it. I see so many people today, there's so much judgment. We got people judging because of race. We got people judging because of political. We got judging people because of mask. We got people judging because we come to church, we don't go to church. We got people, I mean, come on, stop. God said that this ought not be. The brotherly, our brotherly love should over, just literally overwhelm all that nonsense. 1 Corinthians 6, 5 through 8 says, I say this to shame you. Is it possible that there's nobody among you wise enough to judge a dispute between believers? But instead, one brother goes to another. And this is in front of unbelievers. The very fact that you have lawsuits among you means you have, you have been completely defeated already. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? Instead, you yourselves cheat and do wrong, and you do this to your brothers. God says we're supposed to treat our brothers and sisters better than the world. Are you listening? We're supposed to love each other here. There should be such a God love for one another here that the world literally lusts and wants that because of what we have. Number three, brotherly kindness is stirring in your heart to be connected with your church family. You know why I wrote this message? Before COVID. Look at point number three. It breaks me. God wouldn't let me speak this message for over a year. I wrote it, inspired by it, and God says, hold it. Here we are, point number three. Brotherly kindness is a stirring in your heart to be connected with your family. We have summer meetups. We have small groups. We have serving. Brotherly kindness makes you want to be part of your church family. It's not about Sunday service. Hey, I go to the 9.30. You go to the 11.30. It's not that. You're my brother. You're my sister. Matthew 5, 23 and 24 says this way. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift, which means we should have literally nothing inside of our own hearts that has aught with each other. 
whether it's ex-wife, ex-husband, whether it's something going on, brother, sister, something going on in your, I mean, I, I, I know that being in the church family, I have people that connect with me and, and usually it's, it's about money. And what people don't really know is that I had one of the hardest points in my life where I felt rejection and abandonment and I felt, I, I felt a lot of that in my whole life. And it's just a common thread that I've had to overcome. And when I was going through it to start the year before this church started, which was the hardest year where I felt abandoned, I spent every day in a space of worship with God, getting quiet with God. Because my natural world was so uh, abusive, so um, hurtful, but my spiritual world was so rich. You know, many of us, we wish that our, our natural world, we would be okay if our natural world was better. And, I, and to be honest with you, that's what I wanted. I want my natural world to be better. But because my natural world was so tough, I really had to press into the spiritual world. Do you realize that many times that's what God does to us? Not because he wants to, because that's the only way you press in. When the things here are so upside down, you press into your true north. His name is Jesus. And that should not, you don't have to, it shouldn't have to get upside down for you to press in. The Bible says press into the high call of God. God has a higher call. He has a, a, a divine plan for your life. Number five, brotherly kindness is selective on what it says and does, all right? Don't have a brother. There's a reason I don't drink because I don't believe that drinking is a sin. I don't drink my personal convention, uh, conviction because I know of people that struggle with alcohol. I know brothers and sisters that struggle with drugs. I know brothers and sisters that, that struggle in other areas of addictions. And I try to live my life, not because I think that, that alcohol is sin, because the Bible says Jesus turned water into wine, but because I don't ever want to be a stumbling block in anybody's way. And I know that there are times, and Psalm 69 breaks me, says, God, may those who are seeking you not lose sight of you because of me. I don't want to be that guy. Everything in my life, I don't want to be the guy where all of a sudden someone says, well, I had my eyes on, on Pastor Ron and, and man, he just, you know, he just, he just, he had this kind of act in his life or he said this or he looked at his wife this way or, or he didn't say this or whatever. I don't want to be that guy. Not that I'm trying to be a man pleaser or a woman pleaser or any, I'm, I'm not, all I'm saying is that God, I don't want to be a weight in someone else's space. Life is hard enough. They don't need to see somebody who I love Christ be a stumbling block in their path. Romans 14 said this, forget about deciding what's right for each other. Here's what you need to be concerned about, that you don't get in the way of someone else, making life more difficult than it already is. I'm convinced, Jesus convinced me, that everything as it is in itself is holy. We, of course, by the way we treat it or talk about it, can contaminate it, which means what they were doing is they were arguing about what they could eat, what they couldn't eat. This is something that, you know, this is offered to demons, or this wasn't. They were arguing about these crazy foods. And, and, and Paul's going, it doesn't matter. But because it matters to somebody else, I'm not going to eat it. 
I can go without it so that somebody else can see. Maybe they can get, I can get past it, but because they can't seem to get past it, then I wanna be a pathway for them, not an obstacle for them. And then last of all, Burley kindness is always restorative. It's always restorative. Galatians 6, brothers, if someone's caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him greatly. But watch yourself, you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he's something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions, then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to someone else. One of the things I'm really realizing is that we all have such different spiritual gifts. You know, Juan and I had our meeting this morning with one of our elders and I, I love being with this man because he's got so much heart. And I see such a shepherd heart inside of him. He's just a gatherer. I don't care where he is. If he, when he owned his own restaurant, he's gathering. He reminds me of my wife in a lot of ways, just a gatherer. I'm not like that. I mean, I, I am a leader. And you get with me and I'm like, all right, you know, two plus two equals four. What, what, what's confusing here? <laughs> so that's just who I am. And yet I love being around because his gathering heart touches me and it shapes my life. I don't have that gift, but that gift can shape me. I'm asking that my gift shapes you. I would certainly want your gift to shape me. And it's the Holy Spirit that I see. Or Richard who remembers, he, he intentionally, because I know he's not that smart, <laughs> but he intentionally gets everybody's birthday and their anniversary and special days. The guy nails it every time. I'm convicted over it because it's God in him. He's got the gift of giving inside of him. That's why whenever he, he takes in, gets an offering, y'all give more because you know what it's the anointing in his life there's a Jesus inside of him that's about giving he gives to his marriage he gives to his kids and you know and he's just I when I get around him that giving and Jim over here one of the other elders um although we had discussion today but (laughs) but Jim is one of those elders that just has everything in line step by step. I'm a visionary, details I don't see. And so I sometimes, in fact, I think he like coined the phrase, he goes, um, I think he coined it for me. I go, I'm the guy that gets in the boat, flies up and there's all this turbulence behind me. I just stir it up. And then I turn around going, how come nobody's hanging onto the rope? And let's get going, let's get this done, you know? And I'm, and I, cause that's just, I'm using my gift. But I don't understand is that many times I, I can be messier than, than director. I get that. I, I need men like that in my life. I'm grateful. That's why the Bible says to be around counsel. So if you're married and you don't have anybody that's counseling you, what's up with that? Or if you're raising kids, man, raising kids today, you need help. Amen. <laughs> you need to get around counsel. 
build a, you know what? Let's build a team that's speaking to another, getting our truth from the word, you know what? And getting into right now, there you go, right now media, and then sharing notes, encouraging one another in the truth, being brothers and sisters in Christ. And literally, instead of comparing ourselves with one another, how about lifting each other and loving up, loving each other the way God intended us to be? And the same way goes generationally. It broke my heart when I was looking at those six men. Not one of them ever darkened a door in a church. Graduated, graduated out of, you know, high school, Catholic church, school, and never darkened another door in church after that. We can blame all that on a lot of different things. But the bottom line is, we're not doing what we need to do as a church. We're not doing what we need to do in the spirit of the church because they are the next church. And on my watch, Hezekiah said it wrongfully. He says, at least it's good in my generation. No, it's not good until it's to the next generation. It's not. And so therefore, please keep praying because we're looking to hire a pastor over the family and children's ministry. And we're looking for a pastor that will help us with assimilate in leadership. And we're looking for them to be younger. Okay, because we want to see this church assist, lead, shepherd, guide, rebuke, whatever it takes so that this church, God's church, doesn't die, but lives on for him. He's worth the extra effort. So we need to, instead of comparing ourselves, we need to love ourselves. Amen? Just bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, this isn't done because of a, a guideline or even some spiritual scriptures where we don't sue each other, we don't slander each other, a bunch of don'ts. God, those are helpful to see that we're in, going toward a dark space. But God, we need you to lead us to life. Lord, you're not an escapist. You're not looking for us to escape Egypt. You're a leader. And you wanna lead us in your kingdom and in your righteousness. You want to lead us in a hope that stirs our souls. Holy Spirit, here we are. We ask, we desire more of you. We desire your knowledge. We desire your self-control, your virtue, your perseverance. We desire your godliness. We desire your brotherly love brotherly affection toward one another, laying our lives down for the person next to us. Whatever it takes, God, we'll jump out of the boat and we see someone drowning in sorrow, drowning in, in agony, whatever they are. God, I pray that you help us jump in by your power. God, you can lift them up. We can do what you, Lord, long for us to do in Christ, Jesus. We surrender 
All to you we surrender. Would you pray with your eyes shut? I want you to pray this prayer of commitment. It may be new to you. It may be something you've done many times, but every time your spirit should come alive as you pray this prayer of commitment. Repeat this with me. Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I surrender my life. I am all yours. This day forward, I pray for your lead. Help me see, perceive your design. I surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and worship God. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.